Hey, Perfect Movie listeners, this is Steven, just letting you know that the episode you're about to listen to was released one year ago this month. If you're one of our Patreon supporters, we call them Gomertrons, then you could be getting this episode a whole year in advance. Just think of all the updated, in-the-moment space camp thoughts you're missing. You also get the result show, which never show up on this main feed, plus up to two bonus episodes on top of that, depending on the level at which you subscribe. So what are you waiting for? Head over right now to patreon.com slash two gomers and sign up for up-to-date episodes of Perfect Movie and more. And if you like what you hear, make sure you check out our flagship podcast, the Two Gomers Podcast, a show about two regular guys in their mid-40s embracing midlife chasing healthy aging and inviting a nation along for the run seriously it's an embarrassment of riches over there so fun and free so don't go there before you go to patreon.com and start supporting us all right enjoy the episode the state of traditional hand-drawn animation at the turn of the 21st century was bleak with the release of the undeniable toy story 2 Pixar's grand experiment in fully computer-generated films was cemented as the future of the medium in 1999. Disney did its best to keep its footing, but even with excellent offerings like perfect movie The Emperor's New Groove, the hand drawers of the House of Mouse couldn't keep up, and the company just ended up buying Pixar instead of trying to compete. Around that same time, Warner Brothers in a move so ill-timed it took Harry Potter to keep it from tanking the studio, doubled down on its hand-drawn shingle, Warner Brothers feature animation. They released several mediocre and underperforming efforts like Cats Don't Dance and Quest for Camelot, both big blockbuster rentals for some reason, if I'm remembering right, but it took the beautiful, emotionally complex, funny, touching, 1999 Boy Meets Robot masterpiece to kill WB animation for good. Even I, Steven Grauman, who has a framed picture of this movie in his office that I'm looking at right now, did not go see it in theaters. So I guess I'm as much to blame as anyone else. Does it help to remember that writer-director Brad Bird went on to achieve a modicum of future success as the director of The Incredibles, The Incredibles 2, and another perfect movie, Ratatouille, working for the aforementioned Disney-owned Pixar? Sure, that helps a little. Still, not seeing it on the big screen remains one of my greatest regrets, and I hope the big metal man will someday forgive me. We're the two gomers, we're talking the Iron Giant, and this is Perfect Movie. podcast where two regular guys try to save the universe one great film at a time this is anthony speaking one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from atlanta georgia with my friend steven all the way out in flagstaff arizona 
Hey, dude. Hey, man. I think I said regular instead of regular. <laughs> Do regular guy. Regular. We're both having voice <laughs> issues. <clears throat> totally. Um, Steven's Choice. Yes. Steven's Choice. I'm, I actually looked at our calendar. This People that are listening to this episode are Gomertrons. So they are getting this episode, and it is the last they're going to hear from us for a while. Wow, man. That's right. So you have a, as of now, you have a surgery next week, or two, is it the following week? Two weeks from today. Yeah. Two so, weeks from today. Yeah. So it's, yep. One week from today is my birthday. Right. Happy birthday. And for for my birthday, I'm not only giving myself what I always give myself, which is running a half marathon this coming weekend, yep. but I'm also giving myself uh, vocal nodule surgery. Right. Happy birthday, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about that in an episode that people have already heard. Right. Um, but because that's coming, we're banking a lot of these episodes. The Iron Giant. Is The Iron Giant a perfect movie is one of those. Yep. Recording far in advance so that we can release it while I am recovering. So I don't know. Uh, what mm. am I feeling right now? I don't know. Hey, present Steven. There's no way he can come in because I'm not allowed to talk. Yeah, you literally can't talk. Right. Two weeks yep. silence. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks not recommended that I talk at all. Mm-hmm. So a month of quiet. So that's part of the reason why I was like, can we just do a movie of uh, just just for Stevie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had a couple on the docket. Yep. That were possibilities. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. But you were like, dude, you know, I'm going through some some personal, you know, struggles. Turmoil. Thinking about. Yeah. Like thinking about the surgery coming up. And yep. just sometimes you need a comfort movie. And this is the dig deep definition of that for me. Yep. So we will Mm -hmm. talk about that in the trial because it's a Mm -hmm. little bit different than other movies that are comfort movies for me for a very specific reason that I'll talk about in the trial. Um, Okay. Nice. But yes, it's one of my favorite movies. It's in my top 10 Mm -hmm. movies of all time in my, it's my second favorite animated feature of all time. Dang. And I mentioned the first one in that cold open. It came out the same Emperor's year. Emperor's New Groove? No. Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. Yeah. 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 Wait. Hold on. What Was that... Were you being sarcastic or for real about Emperor's New Groove? I love, love, love Emperor's New Groove. I think it's perfect. Okay. You, okay. I didn't know if that was I don't know if you remember, sarcasm or not. you and me and Krauss went to see it in the theater together. Don't remember that at all. Wow. And it was... What? It was... This it's kind of an embarrassing memory because I saw that movie. I thought this is the best thing I've ever seen. And yeah. I still adore that movie. 67 uh-huh. minutes long, something like that. Ooh. Non-stop jokes. Disney Disney's funniest movie, I think. Okay. David Spade and John Goodman just friggin' going for it. Oh yeah. Here, I'm looking it up here on on uh, IMDb, and so I can't even remember what it looks like. Em- I was talking em- it up big time, and I brought you and Kraus, and I don't think either of you thought it was very good. 
Oh, okay, yeah, I remember this one now. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, I I think it's a perfect movie. Okay, I'll watch it's, that it's again. It's Disney's funniest and also most sarcastic movie, and huh. they they're just like tossing stuff at the wall in this season of Disney animation where they're just trying new things. Sure. And this is just a gem. That's just a gem we got out of it, which they would okay. never make today. <laughs> okay, we'll watch that with the Absolutely girls. Not. Yeah. I do remember going to it. I also feel like I remember us watching it at North Orchard at some point. Oh, interesting. It was on those that wall of VHS and DVDs mm-hmm. that we had. Yep. You know, Probably in a clamshell. Yep. 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 I'm, I remember like watching that uh yep but when i was going through the movies that came out this year actually could we jump right to it let's jump right to the cold open i mean to the um sorry to the what's it called gomer one sheet sheet. yep i'm confused totally yeah Yeah. that'll it'll help when we get to that so gomer one sheet iron giant the iron giant sorry the iron giant yep release date august 6 1999 running time of an hour and 26 minutes absolutely perfect wonderful when we booted it up you know these days for us getting a seven and an 11 year old on a school night mm-hmm. well on a weekend on at any at any time to actually get a full-on movie night right is tough and like, it was that was specifically requested by me right i wanted yep. you to watch it with kids yeah for sure yep. this is not a screening for an adult by themselves actually that would work great too but yeah sure way more fun yes definitely so Way I made a special fun. request. Can you please make sure you watch this movie with the girls? And you yep. complied. I appreciate that. It's absolutely. So when we loaded it up and mm-hmm. saw that it was an hour 26, we started it, I think, about 730. Mm-hmm. So that was we started it about an hour later than we should have. Sure. Because we try to honestly, on we try to have night. screens off by like 730. Yeah. On yep. school nights. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that sounds prudish to some, but dude, no. even that changed for us. Mm-hmm. is huge like actually we tried to hit seven mm. you know what i mean like all screens off because it. it just it does something to the kids brains you know what i mean I th- it does something to the eyes it does yeah, something to, to the brains for sure yep not just kids actually mm-hmm. come on everybody yeah, all of us it's just they need to be sleeping by like 8 30 or 9 o'clock we're more towards the 10 11 12 1 sure <laughs> and you can you can watch the first half of the secret to my success or whatever <laughs> late at night. Remember when I was when I was there we watched one half of The Secret to My Success and then some Epcot's Epcot walkthroughs. Yeah. 4K Epcot walkthroughs <laughs> during COVID. <laughs> totally. Thrilling. So that hour twenty six just hit perfect. Yes. Um there's I also agree. the signature edition or you know that I'm looking forward to watching. I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. It must have added scenes. Yeah, so it has some added scenes. I was researching it a little bit, but just have, didn't have time to actually sit down and watch it again. But yeah. I guess there's a like a dream sequence with some more fantastic sort of elements, hmm. uh, and then a couple other like little cut scenes with like Dean and Annie, okay, something like that. Interesting. Uh, um, I I, th- I yeah. don't think I'll ever do it. Mm. The, the, the be- we'll get to this in the trial too, but I just think that. Uh, what we have is perfect yeah and i don't want any more 
And there yeah, have been well, a couple cases where sure. we've gotten more Iron Giant mm-hmm. that have completely disgusted me. Mm, okay. I'll just yeah, I'll just name them right now. I'm striking these from any from any minds and hearts. Is the Iron uh, Giant in Ready Player One? Right. I wish I was so jazzed about. I wanted to see my yeah. best friend again. Yep, and the Falcon and the DeLorean. And in my opinion, they do them all dirty. Yeah. And then this summer, no, two summers ago, Space Jam, the next jet, the next jam, the the legacy or whatever. Yeah. The Iron Giant shows he has no place. Yeah. Leave him alone. Yeah. Let what him we be. have is perfect. Yep. I don't Let want to Santa see him go. Else. <laughs> Let Santa go. <laughs> totally. Dude, we both sound horrible. I have like this nagging cough, not COVID. Sorry, and you're everybody. about to go under the knife. I know. Shoot. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. So anyways, dude, you agree, or actually Brad Bird agrees with you. You agree with Brad Bird, which yes. is Warner Brothers wanted to put out a signature like Blu-ray because of the belovedness of this movie. Yeah. With documentaries, lots of, mm-hmm. you know, extra scenes or not extra scenes, but like, you know, bonus features and, and whatnot. Yep. And they said, do you like, we'll pay for it. Do you want to add anything to like a director's cut? Mm-hmm. Right. And he said just what you said. He's like, nope, it's perfect the way it is. Yeah. It would be fun. And he was like, bah, 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 bah. And so he, they did a brand new scene, a dream okay. sequence. Okay. And it's done by him. All right. Interesting. And it's done posthumously. So I don't know. You know <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's not dead, but it's like okay, but after, the, the the perfect, movie... after the movie's done, they came back and added a scene. Oh, That's oops, weird. that was about deadness. Sorry. <laughs> Posthumous, I think. Well, I guess the movie's production has finished. So there could, we go. <laughs> you could do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I... I probably would watch the scene. Does this uh, make any sure, sense? Sure. I would YouTube it and watch that scene. Okay. I'll as watch like, it and I'll let like you know. It's like a curio. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Yep. But I don't want anything messing up my perfect <laughs> movie. Yep. Totally. Uh, well, it's, sometimes oh, you're uh, like, oh, extra scenes. Let's just watch the whole thing. Who cares? This this one is pretty precious to me. I just like every. I just like the way it's put together. Yep. I mean, we had the That Thing You Do phenomenon, two hours right. and 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> That's right. And it was not good. Nope. And then there was the, for me, it was big, if we ever get to big. Oh, right. But all of the cutscenes are her- are terrible. It's horrible. And they make mm. the tone of the movie actually worse yep. after having seen the cutscenes. Well, and it was that way with League of Their Own. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, how dare you even film that? One I know. Scene? It's like that's Pavoice. Why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing this dream sequence is pretty inconsequential compared to that, but I, I think yeah. that's the way that I could consume it: is just watch the scene and think, "Oh yeah, that's interesting." Sure. Okay. Got it. Um. All right. Well, according to IMDb, the budget yeah. was seventy million. That right. seems high to me. It's it's animated movies are expensive, I think. It's, it, okay. I so I'm not that that does seem high though, because of the length of this movie. Right now, the giant is CG. Right, and so that probably cost more money. 
Sure. I was I was going to look up uh, where else could I see that? That was according to IMDb. Okay. Uh, yep. Computers. Now what you could do with a filter on Instagram costs like a million dollars a minute. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I know. Um, someday I have to tell you this thing I heard about why movies cost so much, but this isn't the episode. We'll do it later. It Ooh, was, it was actually really interesting. Um, nice. Yeah. But I mean, but look at the gross, bro. Oh, yeah. So no. here's, so did you watch the documentary feature, the uh-uh. great giant or whatever with Brad no. Bird? No. Okay. You got to watch that. I'll okay. probably quote it a little bit. Sure. It was really excellent. But okay. he talk, He tells the story about they released this movie, mm-hmm. and one of the movie theaters that was near him was by a, a Johnny Rockets. Okay. Uh, which is like a burger burger sure. shop, hamburger yep. sandwich. Hamburger sandwiches and, they sell there at that store. Right. Yep. <laughs> and he said they were going to have a big poster there next uh-huh. to it yeah, and all these displays and stuff. And he's like, I went there because, you know, everybody likes to go watch their movie with an audience. Right. It's like, I went there, the Johnny Rockets, no sign of Iron Man. This is like Mm-mm. the first week. Right. No, no sign of Iron Man. Goes Iron to movie Giant. theater. Iron Man, sorry. Iron I, Giant. I think, I think it's based on a book called The Iron Man. It is. Yeah, by yeah. Ted Hughes, the poet right. laureate of Great Great Britain. Britain. Um, I Husband only know to that Sylvia story. Plath. And he wrote this, okay. who's a famous poet and okay. author who committed suicide and he wrote this book in response to Sylvia Plath's suicide yes. for his kids. That is mind blowing to me. That's incredible. So that book was called the Iron Man, but for, I think obvious reasons, they didn't title this movie Iron Man. Right. Cause Iron Man was already a Marvel character, right? For right. Decades. So, I mean, the Iron Giant is a better title. I think even though the I Iron totally Man agree. sounds kind of fifties, it does. And the, the yep. when they say it in the movie, a big metal man. Yeah. I, I kind of get a kick out of that. Yes, that is cool. I love mm-hmm. that. Yep. Okay, so the Iron Giant, mm-hmm. uh, I guess there was like a display. He said he went to the movie theater. It was broken. Ugh. And he's like, okay, well, it's going to be cool because, you know, at least I can watch it with a full audience. There yeah. was like 12, you know, 12 theaters. 11 had the glorious, you know art and poster of mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. he goes to see the iron giant poster it's just a piece of paper handwritten <laughs> it's like theater number 12 the iron giant and he went in there and nobody was in it and like this is i, I guess i think it was opening week and so like a bunch of people on the you know from the production team said the same yeah. thing they said it was like as if you're you went home and your house had burned down oh no or you went and your parents had died. Like yeah. all their hard work, all these screenings mm-hmm. that said it was the best movie ever made. Right. And it tanks five million opening weekend, twenty three million worldwide gross, with yeah. a budget of seventy million, apparently. That is horrible, dude. So that's why like I said in the cold open, that was kind of the end of Warner Brothers animation efforts. Mm-hmm. Theatrical for a while. Yep. Um uh so I don't know. I don't know when that dies. So does it die before the movie comes out? Because Warner Brothers has just decided not to put any money into marketing. Right. Which is stupid. Um, so I have that question. I also have the question of, is that also kind of a part of why it's so beloved? Because it is maybe one of the biggest underdogs 
ever. Sure. It's like one of the most excellent bombs ever made. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Top 10 bomb. Yeah. Perfect bomb. <laughs> right. And so when you talk to anim, or I don't talk to animators, but when you read like animators top 10 movies, mm-hmm. Iron Giant's always on there. Iron Giant, mm-hmm. Spirited Away, they're all they're all there, right? Yeah. And so sometimes I think, is this the most beloved bomb ever made? Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Um, anything else. I mean, it's it was a perfect storm because what that the movie you mentioned in the cold open, Camelot. Oh or, yeah, Quest for Camelot. Yeah. yeah tanked. So what they were saying on that documentary was that basically they were going to pull the plug. Yeah. They did no marketing whatsoever. And so they were like, we have to finish this movie before they turn out the lights. Mm, so there right. was like extreme urgency. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, you know, Disney has the money. DreamWorks has, you know, all this stuff going for it. We don't right. have any of that. Mm-mm. But we have his, like, like, let's lean on our strengths. You know what I mean? We've got this team of ragamuffins. Like they yeah. stole all our animators. They, you know, we have nothing left, but we have a great story. Right. That that is what they have. And and so then what happens is there's this excellent movie that comes out of it that you just kind of are like, whew, we got it. Didn't make any money, but it is a cult classic now. Yep. And um part part of that is nobody saw it. It's hard to be a cult pl- classic if it made a billion dollars. Yeah, like part of Avatar, being a cult classic is the it, way is of it water. <laughs> right, that's not a cult a... classic. <laughs> like, <laughs> Even like though it's, Avatar it's... itself is weird that way, where it's the second highest grossing movie, or the uh, maybe it re-overtook Endgame when it got re- released or something. The highest grossing movie in the world, and yeah. it's not talked about very much. Yeah, I know. Like, I heard James Cameron in an interview. He was like, give me one scene you've seen on Avatar Way of Water that you've ever seen anywhere else. (laughs) He's like, every frame is new. Like, every frame is a new thing never seen before. Yeah, he did. He did come back with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, I think, because the joke about Avatar is like, can you name a single character? Right, like, yeah. Um, and so he comes back and says stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally. Um, here, um, here's the quote from Brad Bird. He said, "We don't have time and money, like mm. Disney and DreamWorks, mm-hmm. right. but we do have what we do have is freedom and leeway to make the movie we want." Mm. Yeah, because I guess Warner Brothers was like, "Just put it out." Yeah, they're like, "We don't even we care. Don't care. Yeah, get it done before the lights are out." We're not going to promote it. We're not going to market it. Uh, maybe we can make $20 million back on this, which they did. Um, now, I, I I always wonder because on IMDb, they don't have VHS, DVD, Blu-ray mm. sales included mm-hmm. in it. Um, the Iron Giant is, I would say, pretty beloved by millennials. Mm. It, beloved enough to get into Ready Player One. You know what I mean? That sure. that was yep. in the trailer where people were like, "Giants in this," I can't even believe it. Where for you and me, it was like the DeLoreans in there. Yeah. Okay, I but, got it. 
But them sure. sticking the Iron Giant in there was part of the way that Spielberg wanted to get millennials into seats. Ah. Yeah, that's good. So not just nostalgia for for 80s kids, but also right. for 90s and 2000s kids. Right. What is the 2000s version of the DeLorean? He sure. chose the Iron Giant for that. Oh, dude. Oh, that's so awesome. I mean, I we're going to get into the design, but one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Same designer as Rocketeer. Joe Johnston. Oh my gosh, that makes so much. Yeah, that Joe Johnston had a hand in that makes yeah. so much. It, he does look like the Rocketeer. The helmet. I've always, I've always thought he looked like the Rocketeer. Like, it's um, especially in the we bought it on Apple because uh-huh. I couldn't figure out where to watch it, so we right. just bought it. Um, oh, and this like this, you're talking about this image. That's it. Look at the side profile. That's the image that looks exactly like, looks exactly like uh, Rocketeer. Yep, you're totally right. I didn't put that together, but it is like a one-to-one with Rocketeer. Yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, when did Rocketeer come out? I we were in high movie, school, so. so it was it was probably like '93 or '94. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, You'd have to carbon date Jennifer Connelly to oh. figure that out. <laughs> oh, jeez! Wow. <laughs> Remember when she comes back in oh. Top Gun Maverick, and you're like. Is, is this the most perfect casting in the world? Oh, nostalgia once again. Like she's, yeah, she's incredible. Absolutely. One of my favorite parts about Top Gun Maverick is they try to play it off like she's always existed. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Don't you remember me from when you were here? And she was never in Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I though, think right? I, rem- do I, I Maybe I do remember Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> you probably would have remembered that dude yeah Uh, she was mentioned though yep you're right right as as like an old flame the general's daughter or something was my old flame something like that right right i better watch the bar again right oh man i know i want to watch that again too yeah so but i guess he he needed to to put together i think a a proposal on how to make this not a musical because i guess they owned right. it and they were going to make it a musical or something. Definitely. And he was like, yeah. I want to storyboard this thing. I want to do a pitch and I need a great design for the Iron mm-hmm. Giant. And so mm-hmm. he contacted Joe Johnson who did this yep. for him, which it's is like, call. it's friggin' cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, okay. So they, they're, they're in their production meeting. They're drinking beers. They have this party. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's getting top rated. Any Warner Brothers, I think, had the highest scores of any pre-screening movie warner brothers had done for Crazy. like 15 years yeah and they have this party they're like this is gonna win the academy award like <laughs> like they look so cocky <laughs> oh man and then nothing i i have for awards here it did win a bafta children's award it apparently on the back of this blu-ray it says it won yeah. nine annie awards oh, i think yeah. that's animation Awards. Okay, I saw that, but but it was spelled like Annie, like the main character. Yeah, it's spelled like social media guru Annie. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's just a nickname like Oscar, right? Like okay, the Annie Awards. Yeah, but I'm well, assuming that's short did. for animation. Okay, yeah, sure. That that makes total sense. I didn't mm-hmm. write that down because I had never heard of it. I'm sorry. No, don't worry about it. I just saw it on the back of this one of the two copies of Iron Giant I have. I have the DVD. Just let me show you quick. In my oh. DVD. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This one is called 
kids movies this dvd folder oh i love it and i we have a brad bird page iron giant incredibles incredibles 2 and ratatouille right there and then it's interesting there was a a season where i was asking for blu-rays yep it must have been like early or pre-streaming sure where i was like i guess i have to recreate my library with Mm -hmm. this new medium yep and so one of the things i bought of course is a really beautiful version of iron giant on blu-ray oh so good yeah um anyways it says the annie awards on the back of that so okay well in i i guess how many perfect movie episodes have we done how many gomer one sheets i think this is the first time i saw annie awards i was like i don't know what that is that's the first time i've ever seen it too on the back of this blu-ray got it all right so heading down to the box office mojo here other movies released around the same time this like this list is clear as to like first of all it sets me in college so it's me and you and krause and chad alex like going to movies so like we were going to like bowfinger big daddy matrix (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i mean episode one star wars episode one this is the summer of star wars of star wars yeah where we thought all our dreams were about to come true (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no um, biggest bomb we, we we both saw six cents of course we talked about that in the theater um yep now i i saw austin powers but that was at uh at the os's house a very embarrassing viewing of oh. austin powers with sherman marion oh yeah <laughs> so what yeah that was that was the first austin powers right i think so yeah yeah International so Man of Mystery, is, I think, is the yeah after the cold. Uh, okay, right. Yep. So Austin Powers. Now I was surprised to read because I was thinking about the Matrix, and I was like, "Oh, this is right around the same time as the Matrix," and it's exactly the same time as the, like a couple months before. Yeah. Right. Just the fact that it's still hand drawn, even though there's CGI elements. Seeing the Matrix and Toy Story two, yeah, uh, makes. I, the Iron Giant, like, old immediately. Yeah. You know what I so mean? Like, classic the, immediately or something. Yep. And and I think that's part of its instant classicness. Yes. Is it, sure. it almost feels immediately like it's been out for 10 years. Yeah. And it's set in the 50s. Right. Which, I mean, what a swing they're taking here. Totally. It, it really doesn't make much sense. No, as, I, I actually want. Movie. I want <laughs> to come back to that in yeah. the evidence if we can, because that. Nah, I'm not going to use it as evidence. That was close, though. I think. Okay. I I, I kind of think the 2020s in like 50 years. Uh huh. They're gonna like place kid movies like. Yeah. You know, like I feel like the the pandemic was like the Cold War. I, right. I, that's that's kind of a that's a stretch, but I mean well, it's the, it's. Do you know what I mean? Sort of. Yeah, but so I I. I agree with you i was actually having this conversation with jessica the other day i don't remember what movie oh it's because it was over christmas and we were watching white christmas and that set wartime right right yep they're they're in the war there's there's a lot of war stuff and then i'm i was saying like why but this so that there are movies that were made in the 70s 80s that are all about the world war ii 
there are movies made now that are about World War II. There are movies now yep. made about the Cold War. But yep. you don't see many movies just set around 9-11. Yep. Sure. Um, and so I wonder what COVID in 20 years, how it will be portrayed. Yeah. Because I just don't think people want a movie set around 9-11, even though that was a hinge moment in history like World War II was maybe. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And we talked a lot about that. Like World War II, I think people remembered as kind of this unifying coming together yep. event. And 9-11, straight up tragedy. Totally. And, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, and COVID is just weird. I don't, nobody knows how to feel about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just thinking about the scene where, you know, they have the training, like go onto your desk if a bomb is coming. I love that scene. Uh, so brilliant. Good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and Dean's like, that's not going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but th- th- that feels so true to life, even though I was not that kid in the 50s, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just love that. Whatever the, what, what would you call that thing that they're watching? Like a film strip? Yeah. Like a reel a, to reel? Right. Uh, just, like it. just a an educational video on what to do if you're like if if you're if the because it was set in Maine right so yep. they're on the East Coast I love and a that movie was a set real mm. totally oh yeah Stephen King mm-hmm. definitely wow. real fear but I guess what it made me think of though is like so my dad was born in '56 uh huh so he would have gone through those training videos you know. Just like our girls went through two years of masks and, right, you know, like lockdown and you know, it's it's one of those and things. School that when shooting drills, those kind of shoot, things. Oh my gosh, yep. code reds. Yeah, yeah. For sh- like, absolutely, like this volatile time in our history too. So when they're yeah. making movies, when they're forty, fifty, mm-hmm. and they're making you know thirty, four, whatever, you know, yeah. When they're when they're generation is making movies that this will be a real touchstone for them. You'd think. Oh yeah. That'll be a big part of their childhoods. They're Mm -hmm. growing up. Oh yeah. I mean, I was just talking to a friend. We were talking to another couple who had a baby during COVID and they were like, she didn't see another face other than ours for Mm -hmm. a year. Yep. And so she actually had developmental delays. Right. Because she didn't see any other human beings smiling at her, like Mm -mm. talking, like, isn't that crazy? It, it, I don't think we have grasped how nuts it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, like, so she's come out of it now. She's gotten her personality. Yeah. She's more smiling. But it's just sure. so interesting that, that that is their lived experience. So for the mm-hmm. 50s, 60s, you know, it's, it's yep. it, it was almost an evidence of mine that, that they placed it then. It's, it's it such just, a, it's a bonkers idea. Yep. Totally, to, they because want, it's a movie yeah. about a a boomer kid, right? That they're marketing to late Gen X, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Moviegoers, and then it has taken hold with millennials. Wow, it's very yep. strange. Yep. Yeah, what, because what, it, it is about fear, and it, it is about it is about like what do you do in this time of. Yeah. Fear and when you're introduced with new things. 
What's your response there was, to that? There was no nostalgia for the 50s amongst kids or people that would go to this movie. Maybe not even young parents. I mean, the, the nostalgia you know I, I have mean? for the 50s is Back to the Future. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so I like thinking about the fact that this movie is set <laughs> during when um, when Marty McFly's mom was in high school. <laughs> yep. Totally. And and for me, it's uh, obviously Back to the Future, but October yep. Sky, when we get to that right. in October, like that is about Sputnik. So and does doesn't this movie feel like October Sky? Oh, and it, it's almost so, like the same yeah. coloring as a I movie know. like that. I yeah, totally agree. As we were that. watching it the other night, I was like, "Oh, I forgot. This is such an incredible fall movie. It's fall into winter. Oh man! Mm-hmm. All right, I love it. Um, Add that to that. Uh, also, we went to stepmom. I went to stepmom on a date. Uh, mm-hmm. Never mentioned that before. Oh, and with who? Can you tell me on on air? I'll tell you off podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> okay, um, I can't wait. That's a really strange. We were traveling and went to like, I, or we were out in an event and went to that. Um, wow. And then I just remember we were all excited about entrapment. That was the other one on here. <laughs> yes. In more ways than one. Yep. Um, look at this Rotten Tomatoes score. Wow. 96%. Yep. Dang. Um, I see this. T- now uh, on the Gomer one sheet listener, there's always a top, Current event, yep. Sometimes I would say this is your least filled in. Yeah, it was Portions. an idea I had that every now and then I look into, but usually I'm just like, eh, because I don't know. Sometimes it's fun. Um, it will, yeah. Usually we don't get around to talking to it, talking about it, because other stuff spurs on conversation. Who's the president in '99? Oh yeah, this is Clinton, dude. This is right before the hanging chads, <laughs> right. <laughs> This is right before Definitely. that whole thing. The uh, Bush-Gore election yep. is right around the corner. Oh, look look who's coming in. <laughs> hey, it's me, Bill Clinton. <laughs> trying to remember if I watched this movie. <laughs> Hillary? <laughs> Hillary, did we watch this movie in the White House? <laughs> Ooh, we did, and we loved it. No, Hillary, they, they, meet they, Chelsea. <laughs> they no, loved they it. Screened American Pie, dude. <laughs> Bill and Hillary watching American Pie together. Oh, I love that one. I love that pie part. <laughs> I loved what she said about that flute at band camp. American Pie and Iron Giant, my favorite films. Hey, All right, get out of here. Chef, whip us up some uh, <laughs> apple pie. Yeah, mm, I'm hungry for some pie. Um. Anyways, the top current event you put here is that Aaron came to college, UW Madison. <laughs> Your wife started college. <laughs> so this, like, I, I just love to think. So you love to think about, um, you know, <clears throat> Back to the Future. You know, Marty mm. McFly's mom. Yep. In in is in high school. Do when I this ever? Yeah. Movie when this movie's set. You're wearing. No, wait, you're the purple. one with the mom crushes, not me. <laughs> You're wearing your purple Calvin Klein undies <laughs> uh, <laughs> with your name on it. Yep. And um, uh, and then for me, it's just crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. This movie is in theaters when Aaron comes to college. She yeah. comes over to our apartment. I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Overalls, red shirt, new haircut. Change like, your life. Totally. 
<laughs> you could have been at the theater watching Iron Giant, but instead, it's a good thing. It's a good thing this movie bombed, so you yep. could be at home and see Aaron totally. fucking with her overalls on. <laughs> Those no, but dude, that sounds dorky. Those were the coolest things ever. Then remember that. And now they're back, now, baby. See, but again, if we did it, it would look so dumb. Jack got some overalls for Christmas. No way. Yep, and he looks great in them. Not me. I believe. I want to see it. Like, okay, I want to see you, that. I'll send you a pic. No, I want to see you in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe I'll be so bored during February where I can't talk. I'll try on all Jack's yeah. overalls. <laughs> yeah. Um. Can I read the back? I'm going to read the back of the Blu-ray. Is that cool? Great. It's not very good. But that's okay because I want to do something in the when we get when we get after the trailer. Remember when okay, we watched? Remember last Anthony's choice, which was Pertner the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> yep. And yep. I tried to. Were... I had not seen it, and uh-huh. I tried to recall the plot to you. Yeah. I want to do a little reversal and ask if ask you to do the same about okay. Iron Giant. Nice. When we get get after the break, let me let me read this mediocre at best. Blu-ray description. <clears throat> Winner of nine Annie Awards. There you go. Remastered and enhanced with two... See, this is the Blu-ray. Remastered and enhanced. Mm. With two all-new scenes. There we go. Conceived yep. for the film's original release. I did not watch that. The Iron Giant is the tale of an unlikely friendship between an alien robot from outer space, Vin Diesel. Amazing. Love, and a rebellious boy named Hogarth. Eli Marenthial, I don't know him. A bedraggled mom, Jennifer Aniston. A paranoid government agent, Christopher McDonald. Do you know who that is? Uh, yeah, dude. Shooter. Shooter, Shooter McGavin. McGavin himself. Yeah. Eats pieces <laughs> of poop for breakfast. <laughs> and a sympathetic beatnik, Harry, jo- Harry Connick, our second Harry Connick Jr. picture. Oh, yeah. Dude, we kept thinking about that. Who is that? Who is that? And Aaron was yeah. like, I think it's Harry Connick. I was like... Nice call, and then she was right. Again, all these really place you in '99. Oh, for sure, you Jennifer Aniston. I didn't. Wow. Call, I didn't actually notice that it was Jennifer Aniston the whole time. Yeah, I think that's because Jennifer Aniston doesn't really have that much of a. She just kind of sounds like, sorry, just kind of like a white lady who, who's in her twenties or thirties. Sure. You know what I mean? She doesn't she have sounds- a very unique voice. Like the perfect Annie. Yeah, like Yeah. Harry Connick is more gravelly. Mm-hmm. Um John Mahoney, I was like, that's the dad from Fraser. Oh. Like perfect. That's the, that's the guy from Moonstruck. Yep. Oh right. Christopher <laughs> McDonald. I mean Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Um all those conspire to turn Brad Bird's the Iron Giant into a gigantic out of this world adventure. That's it. Um mm. good news, nation. It's in color. Looks good, yes. like you say. A hundred oh, rated PG, one hundred twenty-six minutes. Rated PG. That's actually a big deal for yep. an animated. And you feel the PG in this. I mean, they're they're able to do some things in this that a G wouldn't. They wouldn't. Oh be able yeah. To All right. Let's let's listen to the trailer. Okay. And then we'll come back. We'll put the Iron Giant on trial. All right. Let's do it.
What are we looking at here, Mr. Manley? This is no meteor. This is something much more serious. Hey there, Scout. Get Mansley. You work for the government. I have something for you. Where did you find that? Up at the power station. Hogarth was out there the other night. <laughs> really? See anything unusual, Hogarth? No thing unusual, really. So, I guess you're not gonna hurt me, huh? My own giant robot, I am the luckiest kid in America! Where'd he come from? He doesn't remember. He's like a little kid. Little, yeah. <laughs> Every hero, Sputnik. It's like that giant thing in the woods. We don't know what it can do. What are you talking about? You think this middleman is fun, but who built it? The Russians, the Chinese, Martians, Canadians? I don't care! You are going to tell me about this thing, and we are going to destroy it before it destroys us! We gotta show them you're good. You are what you choose to be. I'm Superman. We must stop it at all costs. Let's get out of here! Run! Ready the attack? My son is out there! We've got to help him! Hogarth, no! I'm slipping! Ah! Giant? Hogarth. Hey, how's going over there? I could, oh shoot! Uh, <laughs> yes. Almost, it oh, exploded! Oh, the look, the lime liqueur just exploded all over my desk. Not as bad as that beer, but no. Oh, geez. Cheers, Vin Diesel. Mm. Vin Diesel, the kind of master of monosyllabic. I mean, I think as Groot, he says five words. Hmm. I am Groot, but then I think at the end of the first Guardians, he says, we are Groot in kind of like a very touching moment when they're all together. So that would be five total words, he says wow. in those movies. I think I read that it was like 50-something words, Giant says. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and then like grunts and groans and stuff too. Yeah. And um, chomping. I saw that Lots video, of chomping. video of uh, Vin Diesel like eating into the microphone. Some well, some good ASMR. It looked like lettuce. Oh, okay. Or something like he was like when he was eating a car or something. Uh huh. Like eating maybe, some iceberg lettuce or something. Yeah, may, maybe what they did is they needed it to sound like he had food in his mouth. Right. Like they probably. I'm sure the sound effect of eating a car. <laughs> A little more metallic. Well, I, I loved I love watching those like what's it called? I can't there's a word for it where they do sound effects and do like 
Oh, yeah. A- ADR and Foley. Foley. That's the word I was looking for. Yep. Foley yeah. work. Um, I love it. Where they're like slapping stuff and <laughs> crumbling yeah. stuff and yep. Jello eating lettuce. And... Yep. They have to do. Yeah. One of my favorites is like when they have to do different footsteps. So mm-hmm. like they have all these areas. I just burped. If you anybody heard that. <laughs> Wild. So doing his own kind of Foley work over there. <laughs> burping into the mic. <laughs> but yeah, I love that like. They need snow. They need gravel. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they've got little. Um, it looks like little sandboxes full of dirt where they'll go boop 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 boop, yeah. boop with shoes and like. Yep. Yeah, I love that's, that stuff. That's real performance right there. Yeah. So Vin Diesel. Well, I just like that little factoid that he's mm. the Iron Giant. Not a lot of not a lot of people I think know that. I didn't get it till afterwards. I was like, "Whoa, Vin Diesel! What? Like, I I had no idea." I don't think he would do that kind of... Well, he did Groot, but that's probably because he got paid millions of dollars. But he was early in his career, which is just like, why did they they choose this guy that was kind of in a couple movies? He hadn't done Fast and Furious yet. Yep. Um, And it just happens now that he is a megastar. Yeah. Well, I... And also voiced the Iron Giant. Okay. I heard that Brad Bird... Like has some Spielberg connections, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Spielberg had him in Saving Private Ryan. That's right. He was in Saving and Private Ryan. It was that. I, I I think it was that that he was. Yeah, like, I was this trying to remember what guy. it was that he was in before this and Saving Private Ryan. I'd forgotten about. You're right. Um, that makes sense. Oh, I love that movie too. Mm. Yeah, we got to do that someday. Um. Okay, here we are in the trial. Here's how it works. We pick a movie we love. This is a Stevens choice, so I picked this one. Very precious to me. I'll talk about that in a little bit. We act as its defense counsel and present evidence. And we attempt to prove to each other, to you, the listener, that the movie is perfect. When we're done, I get a vote. Anthony gets a vote, and the collective listener gets a vote. We put a poll up. If it's 75% yay or more, that's a yes. And if it's three yeses, that means the movie's perfect. We send it up. I'm not quite sure in what medium we do this. Right. Because we, we've sent up flash drives. We've sent up VHS tapes. Yep. We're sending this one. We're sending this year's movies, of course, up to Khan. <laughs> On Tashi Station. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. City no, Alpha not- 5. City, City Alpha, Alpha 6. 5. A very, very dusty place. He's very bored. He, he and his uh, chest prosthetic are very <laughs> bored. They need something. The more bored they get, the more bad they get. Ooh. So they need some good movies to watch in that desert climb. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, 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 and they need some... They, 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 and so if, when, and when Khan watches these movies, he'll decide... Nah, I'm not so mad after all about Captain Kirk leaving me to die. Mm. Yep. I'm a good boy. So we will once again save the universe with these perfect movies. Great. But then we won't get Benedict Cumberbatch to come back and be Khan, though. Good good point. Which Khan are we sending it to? No. Not Ricardo Benedict Cumberbatch. Montalban. Ricardo, Ricardo Montalban. A hundred percent. That is way <laughs> funnier. <laughs> And then we, yeah, we won't get that weird worm thing from Star Trek 2 either. Yuck. 
we 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 have to think of it. Well, the the worms are watching also. Oh, and so yeah. they're converted into good little girls and boys. <laughs> that's that's just a bonus of what happens. Um, okay, I have some evidences. Great. Um, but can I can I tell you how I had a stricken and it became an evidence? This has never Whoa. happened to me before. Whoa. So something that so okay first first of all I'm not going to go there yet sorry okay. I have uh, Stephen's this happens when it's your choice don't you worry. have like a billion things you want to say don't worry you just go for it man then let me talk about nostalgia first because okay. I tease this in the open okay um I this has a very very special place in my heart this movie and yeah. I know that it's partially nostalgia. But it's different than other nostalgias we've talked about before, where it's from my childhood. Mm. This this nostalgia that comes from this movie is because it's from my kids' childhood. Mm. Yeah. So wow. Iron Giant is a movie that we that I have probably seen in full or in part mm -hmm. hundreds of times. Sure. And it's because, and I think you're at that, probably at that age with your girls, that mm -hmm. there are just certain movies they want to watch over and over again. Yep. You know, I'm wondering if even from the time your kids were kids till my kids are kids. Yeah. Because they're alive during streaming and during you're so right. every yep. channel, dude. So they like, we're going to watch Bluey for an hour and then we're going to watch mm -hmm. Mermaids and then we're going to watch... Yep. A little bit of a movie, and then there's all these new shows constantly out. Right. I wonder, dude, because there aren't a lot of repeat repeats. Well, I was thinking about the age of streaming, like you're saying. Yeah. And that's what this is. That's what this DVD yeah, no, folder right. was for us. Sure. Where if we liked something, and this is movies and TV that are in here. Yep. So, like, there's Spongebob DVDs in here. Yep, sure, sure, sure. Because, you know, we we didn't have cable either sometimes when they were kids. Right. And so, if they like Spongebob, we had to buy a physical disc. Uh -huh. And it would be in the disc player. Yep. And it would just repeat, 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 uh -huh. repeat, repeat. Uh -huh. yeah. In fact, Iron Giant is up there with Toy Story and... Um, I was thinking of another one where I know the DVD menu yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, of course. The um, Toy Story one is so perfect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's because we, I would just conk out to it. Yep. <laughs> just it Holding was like a that. baby, you know, know, like, and then you'd wake up and that DVD menu has been on all night. Yep. The Wii, the Wii sound effect, too. The Wii menu. <laughs> totally the Wii menu. That's a great one to just leave on all night. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so this was a movie that they that the boys really connected with. They connected with a lot of things. Some of them were not good quality-wise, I would say. There mm -hmm. are some DVDs in here that I will never watch again, mm -hmm. streaming or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you get... you you just strike gold mm. with a movie that your kids want to watch over and over again. That is really good. Yeah, sure. 
Um, lots of that for us was early Pixar. Uh huh. Some Miyazaki stuff. Yep. Kung Fu Panda is on this list. Uh huh. Of movies that were just constantly repeated. Um, so much so that I can't remember what you were talking about recently that's like this. It's hard for me to watch this movie without one of them with me. Mm. Yes, totally. Like, I, yeah. And if, if I, I had may to, yeah. retire it after they graduate. Mm. Because yep. it's that, that nostalgia piece is, there are other reasons why I love this movie. Obviously, people aren't voting at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes because their kids like it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- this movie is great. But that is such a part of this. I'm not using it as one of my evidences, but I have to mention it, that it's like deeply nostalgic because it's something that my boys love. Totally. I know. I like. I, I can't remember what it was that you and I were talking about. I remember that conversation, though. Just movies that I couldn't watch. I, I can't watch. It might have been a Christmas movie. Like, you couldn't watch... Something. Oh, you can't watch Family. Can you watch Family Man without Aaron? I guess I could have that kind on. of thing. Well, yeah. okay. If if she like if something happened, oh, there would be a. That's lot. That's not what I meant, but yes, yeah. definitely. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. There would just be a whole library of stuff I'd never be able to watch again. It, like you'd want to like sell your house and leave. Just. Uh, I do want to have this conversation at some point. <laughs> I don't you, even but know. I have thought yeah. about that before. Like it would have right. to be a restart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so just, I just want to put that out there. There's yeah. deep nostalgia in this movie for me and it's connected to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So before we go to my evidences, I kind of want to do the plot game. Okay. Where th- this movie you're not super familiar with. You said, had you ever seen it before? See, when we watched it the other day, uh-huh. I was remembering a lot of the things. So I think my sister mm. may have been, may have watched it a number okay, of times yeah, that at makes our sense. house, sure. uh-huh. like at my mom's house. Uh, that's yeah, that makes because I remember like the deer scene, and I remembered the look okay. of, but it completely went over my head as to how awesome. It, I just wanted to watch sure. Entrapment. I just wanted to, you know. Can we watch the Entrapment trailer again? <laughs> so stupid. Or like Matrix, right? Like we just wanted to friggin' yeah. Or or laugh at Bowfinger, you know? Like we were we were watching, and then now we're into Big Lebowski territory. Like that was yep ninety nine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six yep. cents. So so ba- I I would say my guess is that this may have been the first time you sat down, watched it in full, and appreciated yeah. it. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Okay. For sure. So because of that, I'm wondering if you can remember, if you were going to do a plot synopsis. Got it. I didn't do a super good job <laughs> when I was trying to remember <laughs> um, uh, uh, Hunt for Red October. Yeah. But that's because I had submarine confusion. And yeah, that, it, that one is kind of more intricately plotted than this wasn't, movie is. Wasn't that clear, that movie, even though I love it. This one's a little easier. Okay, so we start out in space. We see Sputnik. I love, love the design of it. Immediately, it's mm-hmm. CGI, perfect angles. Yep. There's something about that mid-century design, dude. 
and they like, really press into it in this movie, don't they? I mean, really. They, they, oh yeah. They are putting you in that time with everything looks like it should. Yep. The, and it's, even the giant, which I love. I know it's it's October sky. Wait, when is the Rocketeer? So that's more. When more, does it take place? Yeah, I like, think it takes place around the same time in the fifties. Yeah. Okay. It's so, post-war. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So. It's that 50s, 60s mm-hmm. era. Um, 60s Sputnik. Yeah. Uh, then, then you see like a a guy is on a ship in a storm, like yep. a a sailor or something like that. Yeah. And then there's a big crash of thunder and lightning, maybe a storm. Uh huh. And then his, you see this thing come down from from space. It's not Sputnik, and it crashes into the ocean. And then that ship crashes into it, and uh-huh. it, the the guy's lost, but he thinks that it's a lighthouse, I love but it's that actually part. the Iron Giant. You see his eyes, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going towards the light, <laughs> and then he crashes into the Iron Giant and freaks out, and then that scene's over. Michael Kamen's music is just incredible. Great score. And yep. what else has Michael Kamen done? He's done a ton. The main one that I can think of, though, is partnered to Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood. Mm. Say no more. Yeah, I know, right? I like that's so friggin' good. Uh, yeah, when Ooh. I saw Michael Kamen, I mean, Michael Kamen has done a million things, but that's that's the one that I can think of off off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, asked um, and answered. That's that, that's great. I love him. Yeah. So his score is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Then they go to a diner. Where a kind of Peter and the Wolf score comes over this little boy on his bike. And he comes into the diner yeah. and a woman's behind the counter. Jennifer Aniston herself. Jennifer Aniston. Annie. Social media guru. Yep. Uh, now, <laughs> I will say I sort of have a mom crush on her. Oh. She's pretty great. This part. 100%. I mean, seriously, that's something we talked about. Like the character design. She looks yeah. unbelievable. Everybody he, looks so good in this movie. Oh, I mean, Dean is the handsomest guy you've ever seen, and Annie is the most incredible woman you've ever seen, right? And Kent Mansley, yep, I work for the government. His his head is so tall. Yep, is he, that the right word for it? You know what I mean? It's this long. The, each character has such a unique look, which I think has been lost in CGI motion picture like full like uh everybody kind of has the same face shape yep and eyes and yeah i think encanto does a good job of not doing that i think Mm -hmm. all the characters even their faces and heads look pretty different Mm -hmm. but in a hand-drawn movie like this every head is completely different and i really love that Mm. you're totally right and the the general perfect the Mm -hmm. He's he's got like a square. His head is like a rectangle. Yep, <laughs> yeah. yep. And then Hogarth, Hogarth mm-hmm. Hughes, Hog Hug. Yep, Hog Hug <laughs> is just so cute. Perfect, yep. like 10, 11, 12 year old kid. Yeah, just perfect elementary like a, school kid. Yep, I like I like the age of this kid. Yep, kind of like a gap tooth. Yeah, um, it's is he's uh, Elliot's age probably. Yep, totally. Side part, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Good they go kid. to the diner, mm-hmm. and 
it's clear that that uh, this kid's kind of a, you know, he's she's the mom, the single mom. She's working all the time, and yep. the kid is kind of has to be on his own a lot. So and and also he likes to likes to get into mischief, likes to we take care do. of. Yep, he he likes to take care of little animals. He likes animals, yeah. Uh huh. So he he likes. Yeah, so he's the perfect kid to for to to meet a friend. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, he doesn't seem to have friends. There are um, oh, there are other kids. There are other, other kids. And he has friends at the end. There's that scene where he's goofing around with a couple of the kids that were making he does seem yes. like he's a kind of an oddball. Mm-hmm. Which you need to needs to be established in a movie like this. Like he needs a friend. Mm-hmm. That's kind of established, and and I like that. Yeah, like he spends his nights alone, watching mm-hmm. scary. What you know, basically watching what Macaulay Culkin watches. I will sort of. I guess Macaulay Culkin is watching Angels of Filthy Souls. He's watching like uh, Twilight the Zone. Brain that ate the brain that ate my mom, or whatever <laughs> that movie is. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, so he brings this. He he brings a new pet into the diner where his mom works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pet gets out, and that's how we meet Dean, this beatnik, um, kind of like yep. I mean Dean, right? James Dean, almost would... like, almost like offensively beatnik. You remember, <laughs> like if if you had yeah. to like say this is what a beatnik is like. Yeah, <laughs> anybody right. would come up with this guy. Uh huh. So a little little typecast like that. Yeah. Um, cool looking dude. Perfect jaw. Perfect jawline. Scruffy, unshaven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he discovers that he's got this thing, right? Okay. So then he has to go home. So then he goes home. I don't know. Is this getting boring? Oh, actually, I like the way this is going. You're okay. going through the whole movie, and then I'm gonna chunk in when I. I th- I love because I can okay great rest my voice a little bit Keep okay going. oh good yeah well let's rest Steven's voice okay so he goes home his mom says don't eat don't eat junk food don't watch scary movies go to bed by eight or eight thirty and she's he, she's like he's like okay mom of course you know and then yeah quick cut to his perfect food scene where he's he's uh, putting whipped cream into a Twinkie and we were he's like spraying we- it into a Twinkie yeah okay have you guys tried that. No. Okay. Have we, you ever done we, that? That looks no. awesome. I know. We want to try it so bad. Looks fun. <laughs> I'm not sure that Very fun. the girls have actually ever even had a Twinkie. Wow. Uh, no, probably well, have. I mean, Time to get them one. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they've had plenty of things. I'm just not sure that they've ever had a Twinkie. And a Twinkie also seems like a very 50s, 60s food. Yep. Junk totally, food. right? It's yeah. going to survive the Holocaust. Designed for this, <laughs> right? They're all scared of the nuclear bomb. What are we gonna eat? <laughs> I guess we'll eat Twinkies. <laughs> okay, so now cut to this is the exact scene in ET. He's up late and he hears yep. some clanging, mm-hmm. and so he's like, straps a flashlight on a gun, right, with his name on it, Hog Hug. Uh huh, and goes out to the woods, and 
hears a bunch of banging and stuff, and he stumbles upon the Iron Giant. Right. And this, this is... This thing that's fallen from space. Yep. It's... I'm trying to think. This is the meet the creature scene, so... Yep. It, it's in E.T. Yep. Perfectly. It's in... So it's it's kind of scary and kind of... Yep. Exhilarating at the same time. Absolutely. Yep. Like, he starts out scary because he sees his face at first and is like, what the heck is that? Right. And he's and also he, 60 feet tall or whatever. Uh-huh. Little, that's a little scary. A little intimidating. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's eating metal. He's at a power plant. Yep. And I was scared at this point because I was like, and Isla was like a little bit scared and Lily was just along for the ride, loving it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say overall, they were not scared, scared of anything, but there were a few scenes that were a little scary. I mean, the the giant is screaming in this scene because he's getting electrocuted. Right. Okay. That's yeah. Kind so, of, that's kind of jarring. Yep. So It makes him scarier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So now he falls on. I was a little worried when he was going towards this power plant because I was like, is he going to get electrocuted and blow up? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that can't We're only happen. 10 minutes in. <laughs> yep. And so what happens? But our little buddy, Hogarth, Hogarth uh, hits the kill switch to turn off okay, the power I'm gonna, plant. I'm going to chunk in. All right. Oh, man. I'll do it again. All right. I was thinking about this as a stricken because we always laugh at this part. Yep. That there is a giant switch. Yeah. On, the, <laughs> on this power plant that's kid level. <laughs> yeah that, like uh, super easy to get to <laughs> it's like one of those like big levers yeah and the top of it says on and the bottom of it says off <laughs> yeah and a 12 year old kid can come and just shut it off uh yeah um so we always laugh at that part and we're like oh and so i was thinking about it as a stricken but my first evidence actually is that there is an economy of storytelling in this movie yeah that is so tight yeah. That for a kid, they, they have an hour and a half, and I think they have a tight budget. Yep. And so they don't want, they're probably not in the writer's room saying, yeah, but would there be a switch like that? Mm-hmm. Or, and if they are, they're like, it doesn't matter. We need to be clear. You need to know exactly what's going on because we need to get to some of these deeper themes. And so there's just, it's just tight, bro. Yep. And so I love that on and off switch because it comes back later when they, when he, uh, when they meet a second time. Yeah. The giant keeps the switch. Uh huh. As a thank you to Hogarth and drops it down by him. Yes. Um, and, and so it's just so, it, it's exactly what you need in that yep. moment, even though it wouldn't actually exist like that. It's that I totally agree. I think that's perfect. Like, I, I wrote down uh, almost like an evidence as well in in that same thing, which is they never talk about where he comes from. Who gives a rip? Right. You know and what I mean? Like you're it's super right. It's yes. with the same thing. No backstory. Same thing with ET. Like yep. just like the on off switch. It's like how to get there. Who cares? Like he's hit. <laughs> right. He's here. It's there. Like there's no long backstory. Now I think you can piece together that he probably was sent to earth as a weapon. Mm. And because of the bonk he gets on his head, 
and the choices he makes throughout the movie, he doesn't become that. And so that's fun to think about, but they don't bother. Nope. Explaining it. And I think that is the exactly right call and part of what makes the movie perfect. I think another thing you mentioned that he, the Iron Giant, comes from space right past Sputnik. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of space out there. That's very, that wouldn't happen. But that second one places you, you don't have to know what, when you are. You just know exactly, they don't have to put up the date. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to know that this movie is also going to kind of be about the space race and the Cold War yeah. and Soviet fear. And in a two-second shot, you get all that information. Mm. Absolute just simplicity in storytelling and perfection. So you could strike it and say, oh, that would never happen. But it's on purpose. They've, they've yep. done all that so they don't have to spend a lot of time mm. and a million dollar a minute explaining things to you. You pick Perfect. it up. Perfect. Don't need to waste um, time on that. Love it. Yep. I think that there's stuff with. Well, th- th- I'll just I'll, let's keep going. That's that's my first piece of evidence. Just okay. the economy of sh- of the storytelling in this movie is amazing. Okay, got it. All right. So remind me now. This whole thing happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Does Hogarth? Oh wait, his mom comes home and he's not yep. there. Right, and so then she goes and picks him up and. He, another interesting choice they make in the movie, which is he tries to tell her right away this happened. Yep. That, so that's different than E.T. Right. No cover and, up. And she's just like, I'm too tired to uh-huh. deal with this right now and your imaginary stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that first initial meeting is he saves the giant and then pretty quickly the giant leaves. And he just has that initial. It's it is very ET where ET he screams and runs away, and he just has that memory of that goblin, yeah, in his mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we got an ET ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up the next morning, mm-hmm. and then goes to school. Yeah, and that's when we see the um the film strip of the nuclear scare. Got it. And he's drawing. Mm-hmm. He's drawing a, a picture of the Iron Giant. Right. And the, on the film strip is that little song. Get under your desk, cover your head. Yeah. Right. Okay, so good luck with that. Right, is what yep. Dean says. Like He's like, that'll never work. Um, yep. Oh, the teacher, Cloris Leachman. Yep. So yep. That's, that's a cool little little thing. A very small part, but... Again, a very famous actor. Yeah. In a pretty small part in a v- pretty small movie. I love yep. it. Love it. Okay. Um, classic thing that's not really ever addressed. Why? Again, just economy of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Non-existent dad. I don't. Yeah. they. It, do, I've watched several times and they never mention him. I, he's Yeah. He doesn't even get a, he died or he left or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um. And and then also kind of the boy and his monster trope, which is it helps to have a single parent, I think. That yep. In the storytelling of it all. Yep. Is this kid is lonely in different kinds of ways. E.T., same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is it? Is it the – we're both dads. Is it the the father wound hits yeah. so hard? Like uh, I guess so. 
I mean, it's interesting that in Totoro that it's the dad is around and the mom oh. is sick. Another kind of E.T. ish yes. movie. Uh huh. Um, oh, and they're perfect. little girls. Yep. Yeah. In that movie. Um, so I do think that it's it is a quick way. It's it's a it's a shortcut to this person has a hole in their life. Yes. This kid has a hole in their life. Yep. That they're longing to be filled. Um, yeah. But you're right. They 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 don't ever mention the dad, and I just don't think they need to. Nope. I get it. Yep. Okay. So he goes back home. Super excited to meet that. Like it, he's going to go back out and look for him, right? Is that yep. what he does all night? He brings that piece of metal. Oh out. yeah. Okay. So he brings a treat out to meet the mm-hmm. Iron Giant, <laughs> and yeah. it's it kind of looks like a Trisket, a big mm. metal Trisket. Perfect food, dude. That metal <laughs> roof piece. Totally yeah, roof. That metal roofing. Okay, so he brings his gun, and no, 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 his gun's already gone because yep. Kent finds it later. Uh, mm-hmm. He brings the Trisket and then a camera, and he wants to catch him. Right. Yep. So yeah. then perfect scene. He waits forever, just like on Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Staring at You're the right. bait. Doesn't happen. <laughs> then he like falls asleep or looks away, and then the bait is gone. Yeah. Just like on Jurassic Park. Yeah. Very Spielbergian. Very. And then he turns around, and then you should have the, the Jurassic Park like Brontosaurus theme play. <laughs> no, but they play because he is that tall, right? I mean, he is <sighs> massive. Yep. And okay, now remind me: is he scared, or like at that point he's scared? But um, the giant drops the trisket, or okay, the, yep. the trisket is leaning there, and then he mm-hmm. drops the on-off switch as kind of like a peace offering. Oh yeah, he's like, "You saved me." Yep. Case and he's got that dent, and I'm assuming that that dent on his head, like, maybe gives him uh, amnesia or something. Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to. He can't remember where he's from, and he can't mm-hmm. remember where he is, mm. um, or why he's there. Uh, and I'll, why don't I just? I might as well. Great. Um, I I just love the Iron Giant. All right. I think he's such a handsome boy. All right. I think he I think he's nice. I think he's cool guy. I, I the w- the 50s design of him. Why is he a robot from outer space and he's designed like a 50s alien robot? It's just so good. I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's I mean it's so perfect. It's so I I read somewhere that um uh, animation. They they were talking mm-hmm. about um, this thing called shot on shot on ones and shot on twos. If you heard yep. about this, yes, okay. I have. So like, animation just has less frames per second because of how arduous it is, right? To draw every single every single frame by hand. I mean, it's crayon's dream for me. It's Miyazaki is like as <laughs> crayon's dream, literal and figurative possible like how does somebody draw everything like that i don't i don't get it i don't get that about hand-drawn animation yep um the only thing that makes me feel more like crayon's dream is like 
uh, Nightmare Before Christmas like stop animation. I know. Even though maybe even less because those things are actually physically there and they can move them, but still, like the amount of work that goes into that. So when it's shot on ones or twos, I can't remember. They just have less frames per second because it's just so hard to do that many frames per second. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't. I actually can't remember if if one means fast or means less. I can't remember. But yeah, what I they did either. is they one of the things that Brad Bird and the team did again. This is just for my research. Is that they made it the same as the animation as opposed right. to CGI, which is faster and easy. Well, not easier, but just like you don't have to draw every single. The computer is doing a lot of that work for you. Right. Yeah. But so that's part of how they made it look more balanced between the two mediums, I guess. Right, exactly. So he still looks otherworldly because you can tell he's CGI. Yeah. And I did read somewhere also they made his lines a little bit wavy. Oh, so he cool. still looks a little bit like somebody drew him. Sure. Um. So he looks otherworldly, but also he fits into the world where you're not distracted by it. Oh, it, it, it's like, remember the first CGI thing ever? Remember Beauty and the Beast, yeah. I think? Yep. The, the ball I was thinking that same thing. Yes, scene. the ballroom looks a little bit weird. Yep. Cuz it's it's almost like the frames per second thing from mm-hmm. Avatar and Yep, you're right. Mango Chutney. Those scenes where you're like, "Oh, Mango Chutney." Yeah. <laughs> so like, which makes sense to no one but us. <laughs> but it's Mango like Chutney but... is part of a play we would watch and so whenever something looks too real, it's like we're watching this high school play. Yep. So it's like uh, the Hobbit, like when you're like yep. you're there and it's too real, but they right, exactly. they fix it. Yep they they blend they it. it. It's perfect. Yep. yep. Um. So I, I just I love his design. I love the fact that he can be so big, and yet so cute. Uh huh. Like he's kind of a cute guy. Yep. Um. He's kind of dog-like i would say even he's kind of like a pet so he reminds me of chewy a little bit Mm. um he he's just just a he talks his voice rules he's fun he likes to play around he likes to goof around this guy's great i love him he's funny he's sweet he's caring he's loyal Mm -hmm. he's uh yeah he I totally agree. I love the way he looks. I love the way he sounds. I love the way he makes me feel. hundred <laughs> <laughs> like, percent. I just I, I totally agree. Uh something else I put wrote down about him that I thought was really good and like things like Clifford never work out like this is uh-huh. they do a perfect Clifford, I mean like the dog. The big the red big dog. The big red dog. Right. He's like a million different sizes in different scenes uh-huh clifford yes you know what i mean like sometimes yep. he's bigger than a school bus and sometimes he's just like slightly bigger than the little girl yep you know you're right they nailed the ratio on this every time uh-huh. and kept it the same every time do you know what i mean like the uh, scale... i have written down here okay he sticks to the rules yes that's it. that's it it's like it's <laughs> he always is huge it, it, and that causes problems. Yep. And that's why you have rules because then you can play with the fact yes. that he's big and he can't shrink down. And so he has to hide him. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to go beat by beat through the rest of the movie because no. we're already at 120. Yeah. But for instance, like he will hide in the barn. Yes. And so they, because he's big, they have to set this movie in by a house that has a barn in it. And yep. so th- the, the movie is built around the rules that they're not going to break. The other rule that I love about, so the other thing that I love about the Iron Giant is he sticks to the rules, but you learn about cool new things he can do. Yeah. So let, let's skip to the part when now he's right after that scene, he gets hit by a train, which I love that train. Oh, man. That is a freaky, amazing scene, dude. And I couldn't believe he got hit by the train. Wow. Right. Yep. And in that, you learn a new rule about him, which is that his different parts also have, like, minds of their own. Yeah, like, and, and like a homing beacon or something. They each have a homing beacon, and so they come back to him, and he can rebuild himself. And then, once that rule is established, yep, they can play with the hand. Yep. And create this set piece right in the center of the movie that is so funny. Uh-huh. Where the hand looks like a dog. That's yeah. dog-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crawling around the house yep. while Hogarth is praying. Oh, man. Perfect <laughs> prayer scene. The girls were laughing their butts off, dude. They loved I, it. I mean, one of the funniest scenes in a movie in the 90s, I think, is yeah. Hogarth praying while he's trying to yell at the robot's hand. Yeah. Would you say grace, please? Oh my god. Um uh, Oh my god. We uh, thank you for the food that mom has put in front of us and stop. The uh, the devil from doing bad things and uh get out of here. Uh Satan and so you learn that new rule about him, and then they play with it's the perfect situation. Brad Bird's like, okay, they, his hand has a mind of its own. Let's do something really funny with it. And they yeah. do. Perfect. And it's and so great. So you get the hiding the monster in the house without yeah. hiding the monster in the house by just having the hand. It's perfect. It's it's a stroke of genius. Yep. Okay, I love that. And Giant's just sit, sit, sitting out there in the barn, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you, you, he's still part of him is in the house. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and they like, um, like he picks up the barn. He picks up <laughs> oh, the whole right barn now. just to get all the pieces back in. It's so good. <laughs> I forgot about that part. That's so funny. I love that. <laughs> just kind of leans it up on its side so the hand can get under. Yep. Uh, um. Now, something else that happens within there is Kent Mansley. I work for the government shows up. Yep. The government is getting tips about this thing. And so he's kind of the antagonist. He comes in um, and he's great. And there's a lot of awesome toilet humor that happens around Kent Mansley because he comes in and Hogarth is trying to get the hand out and he's grunting and groaning in the bathroom. It's kind of a um, dumb and dumber. Yeah. Yep. Toilet scene. Yep. <laughs> Shoves the hand out, and to get them to leave him alone, he pulls his pants all the way down and sits on the toilet. <laughs> I know that was a big laugh. That whole 
oh, that whole scene was was a laugh riot. Right. So good. Kent's mm-hmm. Kent's trying to make his mark, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to prove himself to the to the general and he wants to have this right. big this big get, this big find, you mm-hmm. know, this big breakthrough in his career and so like finding yeah. the iron giant is that for him, right? Like Yep. Yeah. And I would say that's probably that that then is the second half of the movie, which is Kent Mansley trying to uncover what's going on with this giant. Um, yep. And that then other things kind of still trying to function around that. And so the giant goes to live at the Beatniks, Harry Connick Jr.'s scrap metal yard. Okay, so that's just brilliant. So the Iron Giant eats metal, and mm-hmm. that's just another little bit of economy of writing. Yep. Which is just like, well, what does the Beatnik do? He has a scrap metal yard. So it's, it's a bu- and he does buffet. Art. Right? <laughs> right, a buffet for the giant. Yep. Um, and they become friends because he realizes, oh, the giant can help me make these giant art installations, basically. Yes. So that's uh-huh. pretty funny, too. Yep. Um, a couple of themes that start coming up in that second half are a gun theme. This movie is very anti-violence. Uh-huh. Very anti-gun it's... and very anti-war. Yeah, so this kind of plays into another way that it's not Disney-ish. Yep. Is you've got, actually, I wrote down a few things. It's like more gritty and raw. Um, they mentioned mm-hmm. sex, like the... Like I was yep. thinking about the kind of like double entendre of even in that little Twilight Zone movie, and he's like, "Hey, I'll see you in a couple minutes." Hey, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. like that would yeah. never happen in a Pixar movie. Um, no, was there any swearing? They do say "GD," I think. Oh yeah, okay. The 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 um, <laughs> so I'm such a good boy. <laughs> I can only say the initial. I know. The, I think the army guys swear. Okay, and yeah. There's a lot of gun shooting. There's yep, there's shooting. I mean, like there's like Isla was now I, I mean honestly with my 7-11 year old we watched Avatar last week and it was a blast. So sure. judge away if you want to, but we yeah. don't watch a lot of that kind of stuff, okay? But sure. Actually, I think it was pretty perfect and super fun to watch with them. But mm-hmm. the death of the deer because there yeah, are just no say. Yep. death scenes in kids movies ever. Well, that's not true, but I mean I Bambi's mom dies but off screen. This is like him interacting with a corpse. A, yeah, a dead animal. <laughs> you know for sure. I mean? Like coming to grips with death. Yeah. And getting that explained to him. Yeah, that so Ilo was actually taken aback by that a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. more than anything in Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And I don't I'm not surprised. Because there's an a, there's an emotion that's going on there around what does that mean? Like this, this is a very short circuit thing too, uh, where the robot yeah. is trying to understand death, right? Like yep. this, th- I want this thing to come back, right? And it won't come back. Yep. Dang. And so this little kid has to explain to somebody what death means. Oh man, that was a touching scene. And then at the same time, they're talking about guns. What did this? Hey, a gun killed this wrong? deer. Gun. Yes. Mm. Guns kill. Gun 
Yes. Okay, so this this plays into um, so you may or may not know. Did you know about Brad's Brad Bird's sister? No. So Brad Bird, after the whole Disney thing fell through and his he got didn't get canned, he quit or whatever. Uh-huh. He's working on The Simpsons. He's working yep. on uh, some other things. Anyways, his sister's husband killed her with a gun. Wow. I didn't know that. That makes a lot of sense of this movie. Yeah. So his sister died because of gun violence. Huh. And when he made the pitch to the execs at Warner Brothers, he, he you know, like how we talk about what ifs. Yep. Um, he said, what if a gun had a soul and didn't want to wow. be a gun? I, I had no idea about this. That's incredible. Because that's what the movie's about. Yeah. What if a gun had a soul and didn't want to be yep. a gun? Yeah. Which makes me love the Iron Giant <laughs> even more. <laughs> if any, I didn't think it was possible, but now I love this movie even more. Um the, there's there's also something that happens in that barn where they're talking about where he's it, he, he's just giving him reading material so he won't be bored but they start talking about superman and good guys and yeah. bad guys yeah oh yeah um so good and there is this like he's giving him a couple different comic books you can read this one about superman he's great this one about otamo he's bad and there are choices being made in that scene where the Iron Giant is like, I I don't like the bad. I want to be a good guy. I'd much prefer to oh, be a good a good guy. Bro, that's um, so good. And Dean says, "You are what you choose to be." To Hogarth, who then repeats it to the Giant, and so there's all these like, it it's it's. I don't get it. The only way this movie got made is because Warner Brothers didn't care about it. I think because yeah. it just it it's. How did it get made? <laughs> it's crazy. Dude, it's just these dudes in a room and just having a blast because they're like, nobody's watching over us. So let's make the movie yep. we really want to make. Like there's no, it's not a camel of a movie. It's not a, Mm-mm. there's no committee. Mm-mm. It's. Yep. Yeah. So I love. So I wonder yeah. what, if that's why he got Ratatouille. Because he came in late to Ratatouille. Oh, but the what if in Ratatouille is what if a rat was a chef? Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, totally. what if a gun had a soul yep. is not the same thing, but it's um, just a what if that is so weird. Yep. And they were like, well, this guy made that work. Uh-huh. We need somebody to take over this rat chef movie we've started. I had no idea. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah, he, um, he, he. I think he likes he likes these big ideas. Incredibles is the same thing. What if superheroes got sued? Yeah. Right. Like uh-huh. it's they're great what if ideas. I love these what ifs. Okay. Yeah. What if uh, a little kid had a, a bunch of espresso? <laughs> right. That, that happens too in a great scene. So cute. We were laughing super hard at that one. Um, yep. So I guess uh, Brad Bird actually did the animation for that scene himself. Okay. Which I think is kind of kind of a cool little kind of a cool yep. little thing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so everybody's kind of getting closer while 
closer as friends, I would think. Like, Hogarth has found a friend in Dean and the Giant, and his life is getting better, but Kent Mansley is still after the Giant himself. Right. Yes. So, oh man, I'm hearing lightning like crazy. Look at the, the lights are almost... I know. I'm Looks sorry, like it's so there's dark. There's no lights in your house. Um, wow. I'm just worried about the internet getting turned off. But we'll keep recording. We got to do this for the yep. nation. We press on. Yes. And we're getting to the end of the movie anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, one of my other favorite scenes, though, is when they hide him, Kent... So Kent finds the picture that mm -hmm. Hogarth has taken. He develops it. Yep. And... He's like, okay, I actually found evidence. I'm going to call Frazier's dad back, get the yep. full armed forces to come out to uh, Rockwell, was it? Rockwell, which is named after Norman Rockwell. Yes. Okay. That. Because they wanted the they wanted the town to look like those paintings from the New Yorker. Perfect. I mean, that diner, perfect. I love it. The design, yeah. everything. Okay, rules. Yeah. Um. So he finds that picture, brings the people out, and this is like the 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 we caught the Iron Giant scene without catching the Iron yep. Giant, just like the death scene yeah. in Toy Story three. In Toy Story three, which I was like, <laughs> yeah. shoot, they caught him. Like, because how do you hide? Yeah. a sixty foot tall metal man. Yes, and this is where absolute genius writing. They get into the mm -hmm. barn and the. Metal sculpture artist has created a metal sculpture of an iron giant, yep. right? Yeah. And yep. like the iron giant has to stand still for like minutes. Mm -hmm. And Annie. <laughs> He's obviously tired afterwards. He's like, Ugh, oh, that was hard to do. Totally. And Annie <laughs> like uh, says she doesn't really like it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she likes his other stuff. That's actual stuff that he created. Yeah. I like that moment too. Yep. There's that meat cute that happens between those two. Super meat cute. Which um, again is like, you could pick that apart, but I'm like, great. Love it. These two should get together. Why not? It's <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> Why not? They're like the perfectly drawn people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Always five o'clock shadow with perfect jaw. Um, yep. Okay. So then... They they got out of that crazy scene. Yep. And what happens next? Oh, yeah. The, They're the... playing. with And, and Hogarth oh. has a gun, has a toy gun. Is this before and... or after the... Is this before or after the, um, the diving scene? Oh, it's, it's after. The diving scene is so cute, isn't it? That I love it. Doing cannonballs. The speaking of like line readings that made us. Yeah. When he's going he's up on that rock and he goes, This, this one's, one's for professionals, professionals only. <laughs> yeah. We say that all the time. I love it. Oh man, that's such a good line. And then wow, dude, this storm is getting like I'm like looking out it crazy. Look, I know you're like we're like recording in the dead of night. Or I something. love it. It's all good, but if it ends, it ends. Um <laughs> yeah. okay, so I love that. I love him mm -hmm. just sitting, sipping his La Croix or his espresso in his yep. beach chair, just floating through mm -hmm. the water. Makes so good. No sense. And then, like, <laughs> the truck drives by him. is like, hey. And he's like, what? <laughs> what is he saying? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. In the middle of the road. But you're on, yeah. Yeah. But he just right. drives away. <laughs> yeah. um, we also love so the good. line, 
Welcome to downtown Coolsville. Population, us. Us. <laughs> so dumb. We were, laughing, so good. we were laughing so hard at that, too. Population, us. Yeah, that was a good one for the girls, for sure. So that, that kind of central part I love because it's just them hanging out. It's just two buds just being friends, and that's what you want. And you want this for this kid. And so then when they're playing with the gun and something gets triggered in the giant, which they kind of hint at in the deer scene, when he sees a gun, his eyes get red yep. as a defense mechanism. Uh-huh. Um, and then he goes nuts, and he starts all these 50s alien weapons come out of him, shooting everything. Nobody dies. But he's shooting and being a being kind of a he's on autopilot defense mechanism point at that yep. part, and then the army comes back and starts blasting him, and there's really sweet action scenes where he's oh a new rule, they fall off the cliff, and he has rockets in his feet, which you didn't know about before, and oh. they fly around. So all of that. So all of that happens, and then he makes a choice, which is he's he's got about to kill Hogarth, and he makes a choice not to be a gun. Yep. Basically. Yep. This Brad Bird, what if? What if a gun chose not to be a gun? Yep. And he becomes a nice Iron Giant, but not before Kent Mansley launches a nuclear missile at the town. Yep. <laughs> to destroy <laughs> the giant. And so then is there is this really kind of through the end of the movie deeply in my opinion touching series of scenes yep which is the ET goodbye scene yep where Hogarth says I love you uh, just straight up I love you to oh. this robot yep <laughs> and the robot says to him he repeats something like he does, right? I go, you stay, no following. Yeah. Yep. Exactly what he said. He has made earlier. he has made a decision that he's gonna save Hogarth and the rest of the town. Yeah. Friggin' blasts off like some sort of I, I don't know, just in this feat of animation, I feel like where he's just like he leans and just goes Yeah and blasts into the sky. And then while he is in the sky, going toward the going toward the missile, two things happen. He hears Hogarth say, You are who you choose to be. And that would be enough. You are who you choose to but be. But then Vin Diesel says out loud. <laughs> and blows up. And the, the, I'm, I'm not kidding. The first time I saw that, I was like, I think it's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. When he says Superman, <laughs> the Iron Giant just ding, 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 went up to into my top 10 movies. Hmm. And I cry every time he says Superman. Ah, oh, man. Because you've forgotten that. Yep. About his journey, yeah. that that's who he wants to be, uh -huh. and so he thinks about a very special person to us, Superman. Yeah, 
so I and it's something about that he quote he says the name of a person that we already love. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is exactly, mm-hmm. but him saying Superman is peak movie magic for mm. me. Yep, I totally agree. I choked up. Yeah, I choked up. I absolutely loved it, and that mark and this th- this was the part where. Now I remembered why Tim Keller uses this in his sermons. Okay, interesting. On the regular. Right, which you mentioned to me. Is yeah. He was like, this is in Tim Keller's top five movies yeah. also. And it's because right. of this. And it's funny. I actually listened to a number of different like interviews and podcasts and stuff about Iron Giant. And nobody, nobody mentioned that the greatest act of love is sacrifice. Right? And so yeah. what does... The Iron Giant do. He goes full Lord and Savior and dies for everybody. And there's no, there's no, uh, I mean, this is not a a stretch to say Superman is a messianic. Yes. One to one. He comes from the other world to consistently sacrifice himself for humans. I mean, I would. I like Superman Returns a lot. I love that movie. Actually, it's a little on the nose when Superman falls out of the, into the sky, and he's got his arms spread out and his legs crossed. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was... But that's because that's who Superman is and always has been. Yes, an analog. No, yeah, dude. It's just, it's absolutely, it's incredible. He dies for them, and then I was, I was like, I didn't know then that there was gonna mm. be a spoiler alert resurrection he is dead toy story 3 style yep but then they follow the rules this is like a movie written for me yes they're like remember this thing that the iron giant can do i know you forgot about it because he just got blown up and said superman and your your head exploded yeah (laughs) but hogarth gets one bolt yeah that's left over Uh uh-huh and you think that's sweet that's the end and then the bolt starts blinking mm. and Cayman's score oh, rises yes totally and you're in Norway or something yep. I think and it's foggy and you start seeing pieces of him and then full screen best friend head <laughs> with the homie beacon on top and he grins into the camera and boom to black a film by Brad Bird. <laughs> it's so friggin' good. Yeah. Dude. And that is why I hate that he's in Ready Player One and Space Jam because you want that image and him rising yeah. as the last thing you will ever see of the Iron Giant. Yep. It's so perfect. It should never be messed with. Because then why does he go to the Ready Player One universe after that? Why is he watching a basketball game? (laughs) Uh, It just makes me so He died and rose again. Why? For that? That's totally could, Yeah, so he could go to watch Bugs Bunny. (laughs) Shut up. I Uh, totally agree, dude. um, Yeah. And having not, not remembered any of this or maybe even ever actually seen this, me and Isla mm-hmm. were sitting with each other. Lily was laughing and mm-hmm. loving it, and Isla was having her mind blown. Lily was having her mind yeah. blown. We just, we absolutely adored it, bro. 
That is such great news. Love it. Um, Loved it. Well, now it's up to you, Nation. What do you think of the Iron Giant? Is it perfect? The best way to let us know that is we're going to put up a poll on our Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at 2gomers. Um, you can also email us and follow us on Facebook. Everything there is 2gomers also. Um, thank you to Adam, our webmaster, Jason for our graphics, Davis for our music, Annie. Nine Annies. Nine. Well, the nine Annie nine winner. Annies. <laughs> Iron Giant and also Annie, the mom in this movie. <laughs> and our social media guru. We, we thank them all. <laughs> um, uh, our next movie, well, we're taking next month off. Yep. For voice reasons. A lot can happen. But right now, we have an April movie scheduled. Mm-hmm. And that's Wayne's World. Crazy nineties movie. Oh boy. oh boy, that would be really fun. Female directed. I, I don't think know we've that. ever done a Mike Myers or a Dana Carvey. Wait, who's Garth? Dana Carvey. Yeah. Wow. We talked about Dana Carvey on the um It's a Wonderful Life episode because okay. he's in that Saturday Night Live skit where they beat up yep. um, Mr. Potter at the end. But right. I mean this is gonna feel we haven't done a comedy in a while, have we? I don't I mean, think this so. Is, this is going to be really fun. I think we stick with it. Wayne's World in April, and it'll be a nice ease in for me. That sounds awesome. Too many. I mean, that's canon middle school movie for me. I love Wayne's World, <laughs> yeah. and it friggin' holds up. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, dude. We said when we started taping that we were going to try to get it under the running time of the movie. We failed miserably but that's right didn't, iron giant it's important didn't do it it was worth it though uh i didn't even get to my two pieces of evidence either sorry dude that's okay i forget <laughs> well, there's always the um results show okay we'll put my two pieces of evidence in the in the results show let that me just say they are sense. they are casting mm. perfect cast yep casting's great and uh their performances were perfect yep and the second piece of evidence was the was the the way it sounds. Mm. It was an incredible score, and there were no songs. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I agree with you. I don't. Uh, it could be that I would have loved this movie as a musical, because you know me, I'm into that kind of stuff. Yep, yep, but yep. I'm glad it doesn't have songs. Yep, I think that was a great choice for this story. I don't. I don't even know what the songs would have been about. I'm not a gun. (laughs) Wow. Imagine that. (laughs) All right, dude. Great app. Super fun, man. And happy watching Wayne's World.